Shut up and sit down. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Limited Upside Podcast. Mike and I are no longer together in the studio. We're back doing our remote things, uh, but it's, it's good to be here. Uh, find us on, on Twitter at Limited underscore Upside. Keep firing questions at us. We got a bunch of good uh, fan questions today. We love those. Uh, Mike, I know that you fired a question out there today pertaining to free agency, so why not do a free agency podcast? I think there's only one place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one guy who seems to be the polarizing figure of this free agency class. It's Kevin Durant. Oh, I was going to say it's uh, Terrence Jones. Well, I, I actually thought that you were going to come over the top with me and give me like a Jamal Crawford or uh, <laughs> something in the Jared Dudley range because I know you love those types of players. Uh, let's see. So I think it's Kevin Durant. It um, is Kevin I Durant. Think, I think that we would all agree on that. Uh, I think the whole basketball world is fixated on, on what's going to happen at 12.01 on July 1st. We had a we had a lot of fun, uh, you know, doing the NBA draft. It's amazing how quickly these things turn around. Game seven to NBA draft to free agency. It's it's an incredible blitz. Yeah, uh, you're telling me. I know, I know. I don't even work <laughs> in sports, and uh, and you know, and, and on top of that, I wanted to just caveat that by saying like the NHL had 15 minutes yesterday where things happened total. It was like that was it for 15 minutes. The three biggest pieces we, of the offseason happened. We're yeah, recording yeah. this on a Thursday. Uh, June 30th in the middle of the day. So yesterday yes. is the 29th. Yeah. July 1st is later at midnight. You might listen after free agency begins. So. That's right. That's right. And I'm a, I should preface this with I'm about to fly to California. So I'll be in L.A. This is why I'm able to do this in the middle of the day right now. I'm flying out shortly. So I'll be in L.A. for when all this is going down, which could be a, a potential landing spot for Kevin Durant now at the Clippers uh, apparently are getting a meeting, but not the Lakers. But Mike... Even more so, there's tons of teams at play here. It looks like there's there's two or three uh, real potential landing spots, but really only one that I can see him playing for, and that's staying in Oklahoma City. You know a lot more about this than I do and how the cap works and what it could financially mean for Durant to go where or stay. Talk talk to me about Kevin Durant, Mike, and then also, if you could, Larin, um, how you feel about him not... <clears throat> Uh, meeting with the Wizards. Wow, you're coming right out and going right to that. I the have to talk yours. about the the Wizards. Yeah, uh, obviously, I don't know what Kevin Durant is thinking right now, but the landscape and all reporting seems to indicate that him staying in Oklahoma City is right now the favorite. He obviously has meetings planned with uh, the Celtics, the Heat, the Clippers, and then of course the top two challengers, probably Golden State and San Antonio. Uh, so I, I would guess that he stays, but you never know, you know, you always, what's the saying in Hollywood, take the meeting and see what happens. And so that's what he's doing. Uh, as far as mechanics of it, uh, financially, because of the way the cap is rising next year as well. And because next year he's eligible for a bigger max contract, he, it would make sense as we spelled out for him to sign for only a one year contract, or I guess two years in a player option, and then next year, wherever he goes, he signs the big max contract, uh, kind of like what LeBron has done. Uh, the only thing I'd say, though, is while that makes financial sense, there's, you know, he's ri- it's a, there's a difference between getting rich and a lot richer. For you know, for me sure. or you, I think if the difference is the same percentage as it would be for Durant, it's significant for him. It's you know, what nine. 
10 figures, uh, a lot high 10 figures or higher 10 figures, you know, yeah. over time. Yeah. So, or I guess higher 11 figures, I should say. It's yeah. millions of dollars. Look, it's a substantial difference. Um, I don't know how taxes work if you get... You know, I'm sure Oklahoma has probably pretty low taxes. I don't, I don't know how that works. I'm assuming the well, property taxes are low yeah. there. The other thing um, is that you don't pay. You pay. I think a game check for. I think it's how it works. You pay like taxes for every time you're mm-hmm. in somewhere else. So you're paying like half of your taxes are home taxes, and half of it is like all your road stops. Oh, that's annoying. I think that's how it works. So either way, I just think that while Durant financially could take the one plus one and it would make a lot of sense i wonder if he wants to go through this again i wonder if he just kind of wants the peace of mind now what's complicating matters for oklahoma city is that next year russell westbrook is a free agent so there's actually a non-monetary reason for durant to say oh i'll take one year and then russ and i can decide our future then well, let me ask you this. Uh, last time we spoke, uh, uh, it was right after the draft and the Ibaka trade had gone down and, and Oklahoma City had started to remake their team. Do you think that from a basketball standpoint, not just financial standpoint, from a basketball standpoint, that it is best served for him to stay in Oklahoma City, even against going to Golden State? Yeah, I mean, it's. I would say probably, hmm. uh, if only because the Warriors have to sacrifice uh, certainly Harrison Barnes, but probably another key player. I know they want to trade Andrew Bogut. Uh, we'll see who wants to take Andrew Bogut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they may have to sacrifice Andre Iguodala. They may have to sacrifice Festus Azili. Yeah, obviously, yeah. look, obviously, you know, look, Draymond, Steph, Clay, Durant, amazing team. But you are losing some depth. At Oklahoma City, they have – w- however you feel about the Ibaka trade – They've got Russ. They have Steven Adams. They have now Oladipo. Uh, and now there's talk they may try to kind of maneuver their way into getting into the Al Horford sweepstakes, which is really interesting. Jeez. And so, yeah, I think that they're both pretty damn good basketball situations. And there's probably they a are. little more certainty in Oklahoma City because you don't have to get rid of anyone. That's the right. same is true for San Antonio. They have to trade Danny Green or Tony, right. maybe Tony Parker, or maybe they can just do Green and Boris Diaw. Uh, kind of like how it was last year where the, the Spurs had to trade Tiago Splitter to fit in LaMarcus Aldridge. That's right. That's right. It's funny, but you know, if you're the Spurs, you replace Splitter with just like some other identical piece. Um, it's not going to be the – I don't think that it, it would behoove uh, Golden State to, to start trying to change things so quickly. They won 73 games. I'd try to run it back if I were them. Even uh, if they you have, have Duran as a possibility? No, I think you go for Duran. Uh, look, you can, you can go for Duran as much as you want, but if you're going to change the entire complexion of your team and, and gut it, um, that's well, they're fine. Not, I don't know if they're gutting it. They're well, it would be, look, I'm not trying to undersell what Durant would mean, and that four would be incredible, but – I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's it's. Oh, sorry, that's me banging into the wall here. Um, I'm not sure that it makes them. Um, it makes them incredible, but I'm just not sure that's what they really want as an organization. Nor is it what Durant wants from a, how he's going to play and fit into a team. Yeah, um, I don't know. It fits I mean, well with Russ. We know this because they can each. We know this because they're so damn close, and then they just changed a few things around that might really get them to the, to the, over the Golden State level. And if they can. If they can soar at that kind of cruising altitude again, like they did this this playoffs, position themselves to not have to play Golden State uh, until the finals, they, they think they've kind of gone past San Antonio, at least in that head-to-head matchup. So, Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I don't know exactly how... Western Conference Finals, I was, sorry. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know how Durant and Russ, obviously they're great friends off the court. <laughs> uh, and that may go cut one of two ways. It may be that if he leaves, their friendship will survive. Or it may be that you just can't leave him. I mean, that could sure. cut in a lot of different ways. I mean, LeBron and Dwayne Wade were super close, and that didn't stop LeBron from going home. Yeah, it's because he realized, like, you could still hang out with these people whenever mm-hmm. you want. You're you're multi-multi-millionaires, and you got most of the year off. Not most of it, but right. a large chunk of it. And when you train, you could train together, you know, all those things. Yeah. Uh, I, so I, I tend to agree with you, though, that it looks like Oklahoma City, but it's, you know, look, you get someone in a meeting, you get these salespeople, you get Greg Popovich, you get... Steve Kerr and that Duncan, entire yeah. brain trust. You get even Pat Riley, although that situation is we can talk about it that later is just so out out of left field that I don't think even Riley can make it happen uh, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. I mean, you get these guys and suddenly you get different ideas. Also, I mean, look, they lost in a heartbreaking fashion. Yeah, and you know, as as good as amazing as that relationship is with Durant and Westbrook off the court, you know, it's not the most seamless fit on the court. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I I think it probably he's coming back, but uh, you know we'll see what happens. It's funny, man. It's the only other team that when I talk about them, I I have a tough time you know separating my fandom from from what is analytically you know accurate. Pretend you know from my perspective is off when I talk about the Thunder because I just don't want to break up that tandem. As a basketball fan, I love. The Thunder. I want them to run this back with this new team and not change anything. And, and Durant stays put and all that. And he plays the quiet, unassuming superstar, good guy, which he's been his whole career. Um, that's what he needs to do. And make. And I, and I hope that's what he ends up doing. But I can't fault him for taking these meetings and and testing the waters and feeling, you know, what it feels like to be courted as a uh, as the biggest free agent, you know, in a while uh, or at least since LeBron. Um, yeah. So now, think about it this way, though. If it was mm-hmm. a slam dunk that he was coming back, would he take the meetings? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I yeah. think it, it's not That's a slam. True. Maybe it's like a four-foot floater instead of a slam dunk. That's fair. You okay. can still miss it, uh, you know, although you probably make it more often than not. Yeah, I would say there's like that. You're in the eighty percent, seventy five percent range there, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but uh, Durant, the one place that we haven't mentioned. Well, I brought it up a little earlier, but um, and that was your Wizards were a team that he was last year when all the hype, <laughs> KD to DC and going home and all that had uh, been on the table, and then uh, you know all of a sudden when he's going to pick his meetings, it's no longer it's no longer on the table. So, Mike, how does how does Mike? Pray to the Wizards fan feel, and then and then tell me why uh, why you think this all came to a point where they aren't even being uh, being able to seat at, have a seat at the table. Well, I mean, I think it's an open question whether they ever really had a seat at the table. Sure. I mean, I, I certainly it's great that they created this cap room, but uh, I think I think they and we as fans misjudged Durant's state of mind on coming home. You know, it sounds like it's really a burden to him, and it's mm. not. Uh, when you talk about tickets for friends, when you talk about all the people that he's been trying to run away from that are now mm. coming back into his life, uh, there was reports that he was very stressed when he came to town this year, early in the season. That was a total disaster. Uh, when you think about, uh, he was overwhelmed by everybody kind of wanting him. He made comments about how they should be cheering for the team on the court. Uh, all of this, and you wonder if they had maybe gotten a better handle on this sooner, maybe they would have, you mm-hmm. know, because the last couple summers, I mean, they have they have tried to tread water, and yeah, I think that came back to bite them. You know, that cost them five wins this year, 
And that five wins is significant because now instead of a team on the rise or a team in the picture, you're out of the playoffs. Yeah. And you wonder if maybe they could have, you know, especially because nowadays with the way the cap is, you tend to, everybody has cap cap room or an avenue to create cap room. So it's, you don't need to earmark cap space. You create the best team you have. And then if you have to, you can get off the money you need, especially the summer where there's so many other teams that can absorb contracts. So you wonder if like, okay, maybe if they make the Markeith Morris trade sooner, instead of saying, well, we can't add salary at all. Like let's, you know, wonder if that maybe helps them or if they had gone for some free agents uh, last year that would accept the second year. Would that have helped them? I think I understand, you know, wanting to keep, you know, some flexibility, but I think they may have overemphasized it. Now they're in a really, really dangerous spot. I think. Yeah, no kidding. Um, are they? Are they one of the most central positioned teams in the NBA? Like the exact middle? Are they the exact middle of the NBA, Mike? Well, they were forty-one and forty-one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they were. Um, well, that's just coincidence, I suppose. But I mean, I'm telling you from a, the way it looks like, just from a roster composition and sort of where they're positioned. I mean, they have. A good year next year for them would be to win a round of the playoffs. And that is usually one of the worst places in the NBA to be when you're like, uh, yeah, it would be great to win a round. But it's not like they're getting – they've got a couple young pieces. Still, Wall's not old. Uh, Beal, obviously, that's an interesting investment. That's probably for another podcast um, given his, you know – injury record and so well, forth it's a it's an investment they will probably make probably make probably make i, I mean I almost certainly of, i would say one of the assumed ones but mike are there any other let's segue slightly um, we can still keep the wizards in mind here because it's still i think we can we can we owe it to the wizards fan base we didn't talk about them very much on draft night um <clears throat> sorry about that mike Do well you, uh, I, I just think let's talk about the wizards a little more like well yeah they're they're are there they, any other... this is really dangerous for them okay because they now okay, so there's all this cap room now that they have. They're in a position where they've planned their entire strategy around this summer. Durant or no Durant, it's this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a superstar who is understandably a little impatient. I think he's even said like, "This is the summer I need to see some things." I mean, yeah, he had some yeah. comments. They've got ownership who obviously wants to you know make the playoffs. It was a real problem that they didn't this year. They've got a general manager who's been around for a while. And this is sort of, again, like his proving ground summer. It's easy to say like, okay, you missed out here. Let's just kick it down the road. I don't think that they're going to, there's too much pressure, I think to do that. And so now they're in a situation where not only are they probably missing out on Durant, but they're not the top choice for Nick Batum or Al Horford, or even the second tier free agents, or maybe even the third tier free agents. I mean, think about who has cap room. And again, look at where they are. Yeah. Uh, what what top free agent is going to look at them over some of the teams in the Durant chase? Some of the other more promising Eastern Conference teams. I mean, Boston. Are For they sure. in a better position than Boston? No way. Hey, how about Philadelphia? Who's in a better position? Uh, let's talk about Philadelphia later. Well, who's in a better position, Mike? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, no. I mean, the sky is falling. Even Detroit. Detroit made an interesting move yeah. the other day, trading Jody Meeks, and now they may have Max Caprim. I'll tell you, man, if they got Horford, uh, Horford and Drummond together would be something special. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they need to do a little more work to make it happen. But, For sure. The Wizards should look at Horford. I'm assuming they are. I, look, they can look at Horford all they want, and they're <laughs> going to. But, you know, what happens when, and I say when, uh-huh. I mean, I'll 
pleasantly surprised otherwise when all these even second-tier free agents spurn them, which I think yeah. is going to happen. So now what do you do? And now you're stuck with all this money burning a hole in your pocket. You need to kind of make a strong move to, to send a message. Mm-hmm. Kicking the can down the road is like not going to really, after all the planning they've done, that's going to really inflame wall, inflame the fan base. Now it's like, well, Ryan Anderson. Like Now you're getting to the point where you're at a big risk, I think, to give out a contract you're going to regret. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, and that's the mark of a, a desperate team who, I think, had false expectations. I mean, you, look, you've always been a level-headed guy on everything, Wizards. I would even say uh, slightly pessimistic sometimes, Mike. Um, but you're accurate here, which you know, for the most part, obviously, you know the team very well, and and I think you kind of foresaw that they weren't maybe as as good as their run two years ago would have dictated. Sorry, my dog keeps like scratching and has a, you can hear her. I don't hear anything. All right. Perfect. Good. Bad dog. Bad Talia. (laughs) (sighs) Anyhow, she's got her collar on and stuff and just, just being loud. Um, Okay, but the point I'm trying to make is that you know you've been accurate with this, and now they kind of are in that that interesting spot. Look, the Bulls are right alongside of them; they're in that middle as well. And I never would have thought that their their fall to the middle would have been as precipitous. Um, okay, let's see. Harrison Barnes is another guy I wanted to bring up. Um, okay, like uh, I'm going to give you a three guys and kind of put them in a little bucket together, and that's Harrison Barnes, Chandler Parsons, and Kent Bazemore. We got a question. Uh, one of the questions that was uh, sent our way by uh, at uh, Alan Dan Noel he said, uh, "Also, what are teams uh, are teams right to be very afraid of Parsons' injuries?" And I think that's always something that's it's tough to to yeah, really say. I, I don't but, know. I mean, I don't know what his knees are like. I, don't I would have say the medical teams, records, right? But I think teams will be hesitant. I think there's if that's something you have to think about. It's never a great place to start a conversation um, on medical records. Not you know. Well, Maybe the, the basketball side of it. The Parsons thing is interesting because it looks like Dallas has said, we don't think you – we want to give you a max contract. And they have mm. big dreams. They want to pair Mike Conley with the Son Whiteside. It looks like Conley – the Grizzlies think he's coming back. They can give him the fifth year. Mm-hmm. They can give him a massive deal. And the Grizzlies, much like the Wizards, are sort of in this you know state where they can't really – kick the can down the road yep. on their team. They don't have a lot of young talent. They're in a small market. There's even talk now that the Grizzlies are going to look at Chandler Parsons. We'll see yeah. at that. Uh, so Dallas is sort of moving on, it seems like, from Chandler yeah. Parsons. And you wonder why, because you know, Parsons is still pretty young. His max, uh, because of a weird quirk in how many years he's been under contract, is going to be less than <laughs> the max for other players. Uh, it's going to be about, I think, as of now, we're looking at like $22 million. It's obviously a little bit of fuzzy math until we find out what the actual cap is. Right, just projections now. Yeah, and so now he may hit the open market. And you you have an interesting decision because if he's he's missed the last two years, the last two playoffs, with pretty serious knee injuries. But mm-hmm. he's also one of a few small forwards he can shoot. He can play make. He can play on or off the ball. Uh, maybe a, not a great defender, but he can swing up to the four, which I think Dallas was doing. Yeah, you know, if he's healthy, and you consider you weigh him with the investments of several other players. I mean, would you rather have Parsons for four years at twenty two million per, or Nick Batum at five years at twenty eight, twenty nine per? 
probably Parsons. But assuming his knees check out. Right, and assuming the knee checks out. And that's the same thing. Like, I think Parsons is a better piece to any puzzle than Harrison Barnes or Kent Bazemore if he's healthy. That's why he's lumped in with these guys at the moment. Um, because I think it's a kind of just assumed thing that he's his knees are bad right now. Um, right. I mean, it, we obviously don't know. But, yeah, you look at just how yeah. many times he's been hurt. It looks like... Like Orlando has long been sort of a rumored Parsons destination because it's mm-hmm. sort of close to where he played college, and that's yep. another team that is sort of desperate to kind of make a big move when they don't have great buying power in the market. So mm-hmm. that's another team that sort of looks like it. But yeah, I, I think there's just too much money out there. I think for a team, another team to not max Parsons out, and right, that'll so, be interesting trepidation wise. Okay, Mike, tell me a big man you don't want the Wizards or any team who's in the market for that kind of like centerpiece to go after. Give me a few a few center free agents right now that you would say absolutely just not not on my team. All of them? <laughs> <laughs> Other than Horford, I'm assuming. And we're gonna yeah, call him center. yeah. Uh, yeah, they ju- there's talk that Joakim Noah is going to the Knicks for $18 million a year. <sighs> this is a guy that... that uh, That's going to kill Knicks fans. I'm sorry, Knicks fans. Sorry, yeah. Seth. Uh, that's gonna. This is a guy that shot under forty percent at the rim this year. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. And I just, you just I look at the. Saying. You just look at the way the cap is jumping. There's just too much demand and not enough supply. I mean, that's Whiteside. Would you like Whiteside on your team? Yeah, I mean, I sure. I mean, this is but Whiteside sort of got a very unique situation where you mm-hmm. talk about the Heat have these Kevin Durant dreams, but because of the way their money works out. It's going to be almost impossible for them to, and probably practically impossible for them to sign Durant, keep Hassan, and keep Dwayne Wade, which is a whole nother big can of worms right there. Hmm. Uh, so Whiteside has made his desire clear. He wants to sign quickly. And I think Dallas makes a lot of sense for Whiteside. They've been chasing that type of free agent for a long time. I think a lot of other teams will be in on him. and. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of problems with Whiteside when you think about his maturity level and you know questions Bosch about playing? that. Bosch playing next year? Uh, we're not sure yet. We'll ah, man, that's a question mark, huh? Yeah, the Heat have like a whole series of question marks, and there's a lot of confidence because Pat Riley has pulled off these crazy heists before. Sure, sure. But you know, this is is going to be really tough for them. I mean, Wade. There's noise now that Wade wants to go somewhere else, which I think is a leverage ploy. But the problem that Miami has is timing. If Whiteside wants to sign quickly and they want to wait for Durant to take his meetings, the timeline doesn't match up. Yeah. And what do you do? I mean, I don't know how Durant feels about Whiteside, but Whiteside has a lot going for him. And then you also have Wade sort of twisting in the wind who's taken a lot of pay cuts before and has to take another one to yep. – Make this all work. Like I just think there are too many moving parts there. So I think Whiteside is going to be on another team. Okay, I'll, I'll keep this rapid fire going. What do you think uh, Dwight Howard is thinking? Where is he going to end up? Well, that's a really interesting one as well because there's a story by Bleacher Reports Howard Beck. He's kind of mm-hmm. talking to all these executives who are just kind of trashing the guy, trashing <laughs> his reputation, trashing his level of seriousness. They're saying, "Oh, we're not taking him for more than fifteen million a year." Oh, and my response has been. Just let, let's see like what happens when all your top targets are gone and you're sitting on this mo- money bag and he's still out there. Yeah, you're going to pay him. That's what happens every year. This right. Is- and <laughs> Now, who wants him is a tough one. I mean, there are a lot of questions about health-wise, attitude-wise, but if you can get him for that price, I mean, think about it again. Noah is about Noah. $18 million a year. Yeah, then Dwight's worth at least 20 <laughs> You would think. 
But yeah. we'll see. I think I think it would benefit Dwight to take like a short term contract, maybe two years with a third year option, maybe take a little less, go to a good situation. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what that may be. I mean Boston maybe. I, I know Celtics fans aren't gonna want that. Yeah. There's some talk about Portland. Uh you know, I think it's, that Dwight may end up being when it's all said and done, a decent bargain, relatively speaking, on this market. So it's, but yeah, I, I don't disagree about the fact that he could end up being a bargain. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just not sure where, like, with the Celtics, does he fit in in any way, shape, or form? I guess he's their defensive player, but the flow that of the game that gets, you know, with the hacker rule and not just that, but his missed, just free throws in general, is well, his to, declining athleticism. One of the things that's, that gets me about Dwight, uh, signing a two, three-year contract with a guy with a history of a bad back, it's like he could be rolling the dice and, and he could lose that too. And then you don't get another contract of any type of because you're a broken-down big man. Yeah, no, um, that's true. So, uh, so you're saying that from his perspective. Yeah, I'm saying so like the, the team. Exactly. I'm saying there's multiple angles, and that's why he's, again, he's a very interesting uh, free agent. Um I'll give you one more big man center because uh, I want to know where the other older uh, going to get overpaid potentially center, Pau Gasol, do you think will end up for a uh, short contract? Yeah, this one's going to be interesting because Gasol is older than Howard by oh, several yeah. years. It's uh, turning 36 in July. Yeah, uh, still very productive offensively, but kind of a defensive turnstile. Mm-hmm. I'll throw out a wild card for Gasol. I wonder if the Warriors lose on Durant that they look at Gasol to kind of replace Andrew <laughs> Bogut in that – Sort of center who plays 20, 25 minutes a game role. And Powell may take less money to win at this point in his career, although he did on his last contract. So mm-hmm. I, that's a wild card I would kind of think I about like that. a little bit. I think he'd be a great fit there. Yeah, I think it'd be um, interesting. Uh, you know, you lose something defensively. But, you know, if you have the right perimeter defenders and you tell him he doesn't have to defend in space, he may still be effective for a little while. Mm-hmm. It, it, it will be interesting ego-wise how he looks at this because I think – he probably didn't even really deserve to start for Chicago. He's kind of, I think, sure. better as sort of a part-time player. But will he still feel like he deserves starters 30, 35 minutes? Uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. The other Certainly. team to look at with him is San Antonio. Mm-hmm. He's, these are just the teams where he obviously he would fit in well from a cultural standpoint. He's a smart offensive player and good team defenses, et cetera, um, to kind of protect his defensive liability uh, mm-hmm. component. Um, okay, so those are some big men. Uh, just throw a few guards at you, and we'll conclude our rapid fire portion of this. Um, so, I guess we'll start with Jeremy Lin. He's an interesting free agent. There's a, a market for for these backup point guards now. Um, maybe if you're a team who has an often injured starting point guard, you have an investment and you want to back them up. I don't know if the Knicks are in the market for that. Hmm, um, Jeremy Lin going back to New York. It's a perfect story. Um, <laughs> it actually, I think, I feel like many years from now that people will find like scrolls and they'll be like, ah. As it was written, Jeremy Lin went back to New York. Uh, <laughs> the prophecy. <laughs> yes, it was fulfilled. Um, he, you know, he got to play with Derrick Rose, and they won the championship. No, that that would never happen. Sorry, Knicks fans. But um, wait, I w- want to try to figure out. So, if it's Lin sanity was like kind of the craze, what's like the muted return? Interesting. Uh, <laughs> Lin- uh, yeah, it's interesting. That's pretty good. That's not bad, Mike. Okay. Keep going. Can you do uh, more than one pun for this? See. Uh, Here's some radio silence for you. Huh? Lintriguing? <laughs> That's pretty good, too. I actually like that one more. Okay. Uh, where, do you, where do you think Jeremy Lin ends up, Mike? Well, the Hornets are going to have a hard time keeping him because 
They don't have free agent rights on him because he signed basically a two-year deal with an opt-out to kind of make due contract. uh, And they have so many other free agents to worry about, Batum, Marvin Williams, Courtney Lee. Uh, It's going to be interesting. Does Lynn think he deserves to start? I think – and you look at this point guard market. uh, After Mike Conley, he might be the second best guy on there. It's pretty barren. Hmm. So if you're – I mean, Dallas – Dallas may need another starter. He'd be kind of interesting there. Uh, you have to think a little bit about Sacramento if uh, Rondo moves on. I think some of these point guard craze teams, maybe even Chicago, to replace Derrick Rose. I think you could get uh, him a starting job next year Yeah, with some of the way these teams are out there. And I think he could cash in really well. You look at what he signed for last year. He signed for maybe 2 or $3 million. And this year, I mean, he could make $15 million on this market. As amazingly as it sounds, maybe more. <laughs> Because he's had a great, great career getting paid. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, so he really helped himself this year with Charlotte, yeah. and I think there's. I would look at if you look at his market. I think those teams that could use a starter, uh, maybe they they feel desperate and give him the contract he wants. Mm. Man, I like Jeremy Lin. I think he proved himself to be a, a really nice piece on a good team last year, uh, an emerging team too. He fulfilled a really nice role with Courtney Lee, um, like you mentioned, which. It's interesting. I'm not sure where Courtney Lee really falls. If he's, you know, he's kind of that point two. He's like in his 30s, I want to say. So he's probably he's not going to get 31. Yeah, 31. Okay. Yeah. So so he'll only make 15 million next year. Yeah, exactly. Hit three for <laughs> 45 type deal. Um, which there's going to be lots of guys. Evan Turner, uh, Ziller did his huge uh, free agent uh, list. You should check it out on SB Nation, ranking the top 117 free agents of 2016. And there's so many of these three for 45 ish guys. Um, Aaron Aflalo. Um, hey, so Rajon Rondo, does he have value anymore, Mike? Does a team is a team going to want to have him as a starting point guard? Well, it should they? Probably not. I think mm-hmm. he kind of was a stat patter this year. Will they? Again, you just have to see how desperate they are. I yeah. I wonder if Sacramento just blinks and brings him back. And that yeah. would be, I think, a little bit of a disaster. But Kings. where it's another one of those situations where uh, – how desperate i mean you know he's not going back to dallas we talked mm-hmm. sort of the same market as lynn chicago who knows uh so it's going to be tough because that's a, one of those guys i don't know if he's really a backup yep and kind of like so i wonder if like sacramento and him just kind of make this deal with the devil and kind of go back and stay with each other and they realize they don't have much better who's houston's point guard right now pat beverly yeah, I mean, he'd be an upgrade there. Um, uh, well, I don't think he would actually. I don't think. Uh, I don't think you want to play Rondo with James Harden. I don't think that's, that's a true. Good mix. I also think Pat Beverly and Rondo would kill each other at practice, <laughs> like straight up kill each other. Yeah. Um, so okay, cool. So are there any? Are there any? Um, are there any sleepers, Mike? Any guys who who wouldn't be necessarily on on the big picture or radar, if you will, uh, who aren't getting a lot of the the hype, whose agents aren't leaking things daily? Um, who don't have meetings publicly scheduled? Who who are they, Mike? Who who you if, if you're a team, uh, an emerging team? Let's say you're a Sixers or a Celtics or a, a young team who needs to add some pieces. Even who who are some sleepers who those teams might be interested in, and then just sleepers in, in general. Well, I don't know if anyone's a sleeper this year with uh, how the con- the cap's <laughs> going up. I mean, everybody's gonna get paid way more than people probably think they're worth. Yeah, I tend to look younger here. I think in general, you have to accept that you're going to have to over overpay everybody uh, mm-hmm. because of the way the cap is. And so I would look – you may as well better be better off overpaying someone young 
with some promise. I look at someone like two, the two guys on the Blazers, Alan Crabb and mm-hmm. uh, Mo Harkless. I think those are two guys who, again, it, they're restricted free agents, so you're going to have to really pay to get them, like $16, $17 million uh, maybe, maybe less. Maybe Sixers traded Harkless. We drafted him. He was in the Vucevic trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, those are two guys that they're both in their low early 20s, and they have some upside. And if you're going to gamble on a free agent, I say you may as well do that. Uh, looking a little deeper, I think Tyler Johnson in Miami is interesting. Uh, he's got technically an arenas rule player, which basically is what, if you remember Jeremy Lin's weird balloon contract with uh, Houston a couple <laughs> years ago, it's kind of the same situation there. Uh, and a couple off-the-radar guys, I think it will be interesting to see who gambles on Terrence Jones, who had a n- nightmare season in Houston this year, but is still pretty young. He's now, I believe, an unrestricted free agent. Uh, that might be a good buy low candidate. I think uh, it'll be interesting also to see Solomon Hill from Indiana, who really finished the season well, and now there's talk he's going to make uh, eight figures. I think that Jeez. those are the guys I would look to gamble on, the young guys. A, a deep sleeper, a couple deep sleepers way down the list. Yeah, Andrew Nicholson yep. in Orlando, uh, who's kind of on the way out. I uh, think he needs a new home. And Ian Clark in Golden State, I think, could be a player in this league. I think cool. those are two guys I'd look way down the list if you're looking for a bargain. Nice. Um, let's see. we got some more questions here we could, uh, we could answer. Uh, we kind of already touched on the Wizards, but uh, Lind- Lindy asked, best course of action for the Wizards when they miss on a top-five free agent. Um, because we already kind of went over that. Yeah, um, when when they miss. <laughs> when you said when uh, David Ulrich asks, uh, are you uh, are guys like Dudley, Henderson, Arthur going to make ten million a year on two three year deals more or less? Well, it'll be interesting to see. One of the things that's been talked about uh, by some people is this may be you know most players want long term security, uh, but this may be one of those years where it benefits both sides to just kind of give some of these balloon short term contracts so obviously, Jared Dudley would love to get three years four years on his deal, but what would he say if you gave him like two years and thirty five million or one <laughs> year and twenty million or maybe not twenty but one year and like fifteen sixteen million yeah uh, does that make up for the fact that you're taking less annual money and you hop back in? Uh, Marvin Williams with Charlotte is a really good candidate, I think, to take maybe like a two-year uh, $40, $45 million deal. So you kind of – at least you're paying them a lot of money, but at least the commitment's not very long. Right. Uh, and maybe for the player that's enough to kind of make it happen. So I think the three guys that were mentioned, Dudley, Gerald Henderson, Darrell Arthur, are good candidates for something like that. Uh, hmm. Cool. Yeah. You know, so – I Agreed. think Gerald Henderson is actually someone who may make a little less than some comparable players that could help a team. I actually think the Wizards should take a look at him as a it's, backup he's a good player. I kind of want the Sixers to take a look at him as well for a smaller contract. What, what we what you kind of just talked about. He's from the area. His you know his dad played for the Sixers at one point, um, and he's I feel like he'd be a good role model, positive, hardworking type guy for the. Uh, Mm-hmm. The incredibly young Sixers team. Now, but keep um, in mind, a, a smaller contract is like twelve yeah. million a year. Well, the Sixers have a lot of money to spend, even to get to the floor. So it, there's a lot of money to be spent. I just don't want to give. I we'll get to. So one of the questions we got here from uh, Dylan uh, DeAngelis is: uh, Sixers getting anyone? Well, I mean, look, uh, 
I'm sure they are. They have they have to spend a lot of money. They they have nothing on the books. All these guys are rookies and under rookie contracts, and they to even get to the salary cap floor for the, as it's rising is going to make them spend like eighty million bucks over four years on a guy like Harrison Barnes potentially. And well, that is if Harrison Barnes signs it. True, but it, I mean, look. So some of the fodder out there now, and this could be D'Angelo created. Um, you know, who, who knows? Calangelo <laughs> is that? Uh, you know, he got some some press to go positively. Like, hey, agents are saying it's not so bad to go to Philadelphia now, and that that's going around. So, look, I, Harrison Barnes, if he wants to make a lot of money, he should go to the Sixers. You know, he can't take he can't make that much money on Golden State. Um, Wait, why not? Could he get the four for eighty with them? Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, think about it I mean, from their from the don't Warriors' wanna... perspective. I, I, yeah, go if ahead. they don't get Durant, remember that they would have had to clear players away to get in the Durant picture. Is there anyone else out there that they should clear away to get some, you know, all that salary to get? I mean, I don't think right. that you want to kind of rip apart a big part of your team, like rip off the appendage just yeah. to get, you know, Nick Batum. Sure, sure. You know, no, that, so, like so your I'm next best option is using your bird rights and keeping Harrison Barnes on a big contract. Then I hope they do. Um, that would make me feel better as a Sixers fan. I'm not sure who I want them to go after, to be totally honest. Um, there's a lot of interesting. First, I need to know, like, are we going to let Simmons try to play point forward? Can we just re-sign Ish Smith? That'd be great. I think he's still the – Zilla wrote it. But it's, it's true, though. He's still the best guard in Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> do I, do I want to bring Dwayne wait, uh, Dion Waiters ho- uh, to back home to Philadelphia? No, I don't want to bring Waiters back to ho- home to Philadelphia. That's It's always tough. He already – you know, his, his brother was murdered this year. Uh, you know, he's not from Philadelphia. He's, I, th- I think he's from actually, yeah, he is from he Philadelphia. Is from Philadelphia yeah, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say Chester, but that's that's where a few other guys are from, like Tariq Evans. But you know, his brother was, was murdered and stuff. And I don't know if you want to be maybe he wants to be there for his family. I don't know, but uh, I, I don't want the Sixers to, to sign waiters um, and have him chucking up shots because he feels like he's the veteran on the team at whatever 24, 25 years old, um, which he would be. But I'd like to see him get some quality veterans. I mentioned Henderson's a guy who I would like to see them take a look at. He plays small forward. They don't really have that position. Uh, Jared uh, Dudley might be a good fit yeah, at that D- role. Dudley's not a bad fit either. Um, you know, I, I don't really want to break the bank on a Batum or uh, Fournier is a guy I kind of like, but I think he's going to resign. Um, I think you got to aim your targets like way lower, honestly. No, no, no. For sure. I'm just saying like guys who I like, who I would like to see the Sixers go after. I mean, if I'm saying who's going to actually sign with them, look, uh, I'm going down the list right now in my head. And Darrell Arthur, no, no. I mean, the, I think what the Sixers are going to do is they're going to try to go after every restricted free agent because normally teams, it's dangerous yeah. to do that because what happens is if you agree on a deal with them, you tie your cap space up for three days as the other team decides whether to match. Mm-hmm. And so for some teams that are really in the mix for big free agents, that's like that timing is just impossible. You can't right, deal right. with that. You have to have your books open in case something happens. But the Sixers, it's not like any... It's, first of all, they have so much room. And second of all, it's not like any top free agents. They're missing out by having their cap space tied right. up for top free agents. So that's true. I bet I think that's why you're looking you're seeing rumors about Barnes and about Waiters and about Alan Crabb and about these yep. restricted free agents. I think it makes a lot of sense for them to tie up their money there. Uh, but they need a guard. They need some guards. I know yep. I, I don't know quite who might fit there, but they definitely need, you know, someone that can shoot and handle the ball 
or whatever. Uh, so there's there's really not much downside in like kind of yeah. making those big offers, even though I don't think it's gonna. You know, first of all, you need those guys to actually agree to the contract, which right. I think is a question in a lot of these players' cases, especially because again, it's not like the Sixers are going to be the only team <laughs> in restricted free agent market. And then if you do, you, it's okay if it's tied up for a few days. So I that's think right. that's what they're going to do. Okay, uh, let's see. One, uh, we'll do one one last question here. Um, let's see, Dario's dentist. That's a great name. I like that a lot. Dario Saric coming over, Mike. Looks like it. Ninety nine percent sure. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Good, uh, good off season acquisition for the Sixers to get him from the F's the, in the Turkish league, um, where where he's been playing for the last two years since we drafted him. Let's see. So the question here is: uh, talk about quality bench guys who could be much better in larger roles. Yeah, I think, again, you're going to have to go back to look at younger players uh, who haven't quite proven themselves yet. I mentioned Nicholson and Ian Clark as interesting mm-hmm. ones. I think uh, you look around at some of these other guys, uh, Dwight Powell in Dallas maybe, uh, some of these younger players. Uh, and then there's some there's some veterans that sort of sometimes slip through the cracks. I mm-hmm. think uh, I'll be curious to see what happens to Mirza Toledovic and John Luer, uh maybe Derek Williams. But the problem that you know, a lot of times you see these teams try to look for the diamond in the rough, but the diamonds in the rough are going to be expensive too. They're not really in the rough anymore in the summer. Right. And this, the, everything's so advanced now, man. Like the pieces, you should hope that a team won't make it. Uh, what's the best way to describe this? The values of everyone are going to be uh, overinflated. They're going to be way more expensive than our our brains are used to computing just because the salary cap has gone up. So you can't really compare apples to oranges per se. But you should hope that teams are making more informed decisions as, as analytics and information and scouting and all those things become more of just like the way it is. Like all 30 teams are operating that way. Um, but you'll still see them. It's kind of an interesting conflict, right? Like the more we know and there's still the... The, the the money keeps going up in weird ways for random guys who clearly we know don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. or at least would it, you would imagine they wouldn't. Yeah, it's going to be a strange summer. Is there any? Are there any other players or teams that are really sort of interesting to you? Um, I mean, the Celt- look, the Celtics are interesting. We should mention them, I guess, just because uh, they're in pursuit of that superstar. We know this. It's been like the whole the big tagline of their off season, um, and they they didn't you know get a trade done um, at the draft, and and kind of the fallout from that was like now what? They're basically the same team they were last year, just with another you know, younger piece uh, in in Jalen Brown. So. You know, do you think the Celtics are in the market here to try to make a? I don't, I'm not sure. I guess Dwight was a guy we mentioned, but they're really are they Horford, a team? Maybe. Horford, yeah. Does that make them a better, a much better team? Like uh, oh, able yeah. to be able to beat Cleveland, or, uh, or, oh. or is it still going to be next year? Let me put a bow on this, actually, Mike. After all this is said and done, next year, the way these teams are going to be comprised after the draft, after free agency. Should I believe that there will be any more than the four teams who I can tell you would be Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Golden State, and Cleveland who are going to actually have a chance to win the title next year? Uh, you're assuming that Durant does not leave. I am. Because I, am. I think if Durant leaves for San Antonio or the Warriors, obviously, then you kiss the thunder <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, so then it'd be three. But okay, assuming he stays, is it's is it still going to be four teams after this is all said and done? I mean... Probably. <laughs> I mean, it, it maybe maybe the Clippers will be back in the mix. Uh, yeah. You have to think about them. But, 
Yeah, I mean, that's the central problem with this free agent class, if you yeah. just think about it, is that there's only one real difference maker. Yep. The other kind of different ma- difference makers, I mean, we'll see what Atlanta does with Horford. It sort of feels like they wouldn't – if obviously they want him to stay, but they seem a little reluctant at this moment to give him the fifth year, which, remember, only teams that – your incumbent team can do that, and only if you've been on been coming off a long contract. Yeah. So, but like Memphis with Mike Conley, the fifth year is a real kind of bargaining chip for some of these players, and it sounds sure. like, like I think he's. It looks like he might stay, and Demar Derozan. We haven't talked about him. It looks like he's mm-hmm. going to stay. So, yep. When you think of think about it, like what everybody's going to get a lot of money, but what impact player is going to change teams if you know Durant doesn't? I think if Mike Connolly somehow ends up on the Spurs, that could be impactful. I think he can I make agree. them really good. Yeah, I agree. But they have again now their yeah. their problem with that is that uh, they what do you do with Tony Parker because they don't again the, yes. the Spurs do not have cap space yet. That's right. They need to make a couple moves, and yep. you know I think one thing you might see that is that maybe uh, impact players will be traded because it's sort of. You don't have to match salary as easily, and they're going to be a lot of. I don't know if you're going to see like the Jimmy Butler, the Kevin Love move. I think those probably won't happen, but you'll see a lot mm-hmm. of guys that you are like, well, how did they get that guy for nothing? And it's because they have to dump money, right? Right. And there are a lot of places to do it. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> you just look at this class. I mean, Batum, I think it's just again the strong incentive is for him to return to Charlotte, where he blossomed, and they can give him a fifth year, and yeah. they really need to. Keep him. So I, I think what you're going to see is a lot of money change hands and the whole pay structure of the league kind of screw, gets screwed up, which I think is – we can talk about that in a minute. I think that's interesting from a larger perspective. But mm. I don't really see, a unless Durant leaves, a big changing of power in the league. Well, okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to like poo-poo on next season, everybody. It's still going to be great. I just think there's basically four teams that are going to be competing for the title uh, just like this past season. Um I mean, we are at about 48 or so minutes in here, Mike. Maybe we should. Getting a little long on the free agency. I think we've hit most of the good topics. Any well, other things we didn't mention? You mentioned you want to say something about the uh, the pay structure. Why don't well, you get that out there? I think this is going to be a really interesting summer from the perspective of what happens when to these star players on old contracts when their, their teams sign role players that will make more money than them. Mm-hmm. Don't you <laughs> think that's going to be kind of interesting? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's going to be like Steph, who is the best player on his team and like the third or fourth highest paid. Right now, I, I only I only say bring back the Wizards because John Wall last summer mm. sort of made a snide comment about making more less money than Reggie Jackson or the same <laughs> money. What happens? Yeah. If, what happens if the Wizards again, desperate to get an upgrade, give Ryan Anderson more money? Just as an example, it could be anybody yeah. more money than John Wall. Yeah, yeah. You creating locker room potential tension. Yeah, and this sort of happened, if you know basketball history, this happened a little bit when the cap, the last time the cap really exploded like this mm-hmm. was uh, in the early 90s when the NBC deal came in, and you had guys like John Konkak making more money than, you remember the whole issues with Scottie Pippen's salary, you remember, why did Sean Kemp leave Seattle? It's because Jim McElvain made more money than him because of yep. the way that, I wonder if you might get a couple situations like that. I think... Some teams to watch. If Golden State keeps Harrison Barnes, that's going to be an interesting situation to navigate because now Harrison Barnes will probably be your highest paid player huh. unless you can kind of coax him in a discount. And look, Steph doesn't care, but what does what is Draymond Green thinking about Draymond, yeah. about Harrison Barnes making more money? Uh, and I think 
I think that has the potential. If you're going to look for teams that may disappoint next year for whatever reason, it's going to be really interesting. You know, they, we call them general managers for a reason, and not just kind of player personnel people. Part of mm. your job is to manage these situations, and it's going to be really interesting to see how I think a few teams how that will play in the locker room, on the court, and you know, not only player to player, but also just from player to fan. Where the fans say, "Well, look at how much money you're making, and you're not you're you're producing." 10 points and seven rebounds. Right, right. I think it's going to be really interesting. It's tough because you're, you've, you've been paid by somebody else. That's where you turn to the fan and you say, I didn't write my own contract. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which and is you, the, ultimately you can never fault a player for, for signing on the dotted line um, when, when presented with an incredible amount of money. Um, and but, you're worth what you, what you get. Like, yes. It's never, it's never a clear market. I'm not begrudging anybody for taking right. the money. You're worth what you can get. And I think, I think players intellectually understand that. And mm-hmm. so it's sort of like you don't want to talk about someone's money. I just wonder sure. you know, if sort of the subconscious feeling of bitterness. You know, everybody you know, has a reason to be a little bit bitter if you sure. know – I just that fa- that dynamic is going to be real fascinating. Like, can yeah. can these teams kind of hold together chemistry wise? If they're the best, the highest paid player in the team is the fifth or sixth most important player. Hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, that play out, along with just the deadline as or the deadline, the start of free agency, I should say, which is a you know I don't know how many hours from now. It's one ish, so soon, eleven, ten hours from now, whatever it may be. At twelve one, you know there's going to be a frenzy. And it will begin. Um, I'm excited to see what happens. Excited for next basketball season. I'm sad that this one's kind of ending, but luckily there is no offseason anymore for the NBA, thanks to the 24-7 crazy world of NBA journalists. You guys are the hardest working people in sports, uh, pretty sure. Uh, so <laughs> kudos to you, Mike. Um, and then, uh, okay, find us on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher. Uh, subscribe to us, rate, review it. Um, been really, you know, loving the, uh, the the downloads. You guys are the best. Um, obviously, all these fan questions, uh, these are these are great to have. It helps us push this along, and also just kind of gets some good topics out there. Thank you for the questions today. Um, uh, as always, uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, that's limited underscore upside at limited underscore upside. Um, and uh, Mike, any any last words? I just think it's going to be kind of nuts. Like I just I caution anyone listening, just try not to overreact to the numbers because they are going to be very out of whack. And try to understand that there's just too much money. And think of it. Try to think of it as a percentage of the cap. You know, don't just immediately look at 19 million for, or I don't know, like 18 million for Joakim Noah or 17 million for Kent Bazemore and say, what are these teams thinking? You have to try to understand the conditions as well as you can and just know that that's the situation. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> All, right. All right. Until next time, everybody. Limited Upside Podcast. Yeah.